Okay, we are recording. Welcome back to episode 34 of the Hockey Cards Gong Show podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Troy, as always. Hey, Troy, what's up, buddy? Not much. Tough loss last night to Andover. (laughs) I'm bitter. I'm angry. But we move on. Practice today. Crushing loss to the, (laughs) were they the number one ranked team in the state Uh, in Minnesota? Depends depends what's, because they lost to Gentry, who at the time I think was number three. So some polls have Gentry number one. Some had us move to number one, which obviously will not stay because we lost. But that's, I think, I don't know. I think Gentry will be one and over two. I don't know where we end up, but tough loss. And Gentry is one of those kind of newfound sports academies, right? Yeah, you. I won't. I won't get myself in trouble, but they're they are what they are. <laughs> Deep analysis from Troy. Yeah. Try not to get in trouble there. It is also the day before Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving to everyone in the U.S. And we'll say happy Thanksgiving again to our Canadian friends, who was a number of weeks ago, and I guess anyone celebrating beyond the U.S. borders. A lot to get to today. Should have a fun show. Before we get started, though, want to remind everyone that the Hockey Cards Gong Show podcast is a Patreon podcast. What that means is we rely on supporters and listeners like you to help us cover expenses, continue to, pr- to produce more and better hockey card-related content, and help us fund initiatives to grow the hobby, even in a small way. Right now, if you go to the Patreon website and search for Hockey Cards Gong Show, or visit the link in the description of the podcast app you're listening to us now, or via the link tree in our Instagram profile, you can go and join our out of 99 support level tier, be one of the first 99 supporters of the Hockey Cards Gong Show podcast, join our discord, participate in the show with us, help us continue to fund and grow and and build hopefully a great community of, of hockey card collectors. We do have an update too, for the people may remember a number of weeks back, we were promoting the 5k challenge where a number of us in the gong show discord picked it was what was the maximum was the 12 cards try 12 yep 12 cards 12 cards you had five dollars in fictional money to spend prior to the season starting five thousand dollars five thousand and yeah, he, whoever um cards were worth the most or will, will be worth the most at the end of the season will uh, have some prizes for those people how are you doing try so I am doing better than the card ladder hockey index, but I am up by poultry two percent. Oh, I think I'm in second place. And is it is it our friend Irish Flyers collector is in first place? No, prospect prospector collector. You oh. and him both had the OV SGC. I believe it was the ten, if yeah. I'm remembering off the top of my head. And that one had a huge sale that really propped both you guys up. <laughs> it's just indicative of my life right the minute i start to invest fake money i do really good and of course i didn't buy one in real life like i probably should have but you get to play and participate in fun stuff like that uh if you do or are able to and do choose to support us we're grateful for everyone that has and we do have a new member since our last show jdubs82 thank you very much for your support uh, we appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts okay troy let's go into the game plan all right, on today's show, we begin with a look at the greatest player to wear, number 34. Then it's time for the Gong Show Game Show. Little Have a little fun today. Next, it's on to Movers and Shakers, followed by Hobby News. We end the show with a little segment on what we are thankful for and new product releases and listener mailbag. 
Okay, before you get into number 34, dare I say this could be the most controversial one? Well, it's controversial from a standpoint. There's probably a better 34. At least there will be next year. But again, keeping it to the hockey writers list that was published in July of 2022. So July of this year. So I'm just going to fall back on that once the name gets read and everyone decides to go crazy. Yeah, I totally agree. You got to stick to to the program. And if we do this again next year, we can look at any updates. But I, I do think that there's going to be some people that have a little bit of an issue with this one. <laughs> All right, so let's go. Greatest player to wear number 34 per the hockey writers list is John Van Beesbrook. So Beezer. Again, I just want to make sure one more time, we are using the hockey writers list. I understand Austin Matthews is number 34, and it's fairly safe to say he. if we get to 134, he will be the next guy because I think he might. I mean, you could argue he's probably the greatest 34 right now, but I guess he needs a little more playing time in his career. I don't know. But that's that's the list. It's John Van Beesbrook. All right. Beezer, he's a goalie, played 882 regular season games over a 20-year NHL career, played 11 years with the Rangers, five years with the Florida Panthers, two years with the Flyers, and one year with the New York Islanders. And then finished, actually, he finished his career. I forgot about this. He had two years he finished his career with the New Jersey Devils. So moved around a little bit. Awards and accomplishments. He is not in the Hockey Hall of Fame but he is in the United States Hockey Hall of Fame. Which is where? Eveleth, Minnesota? Eveleth, right? Minnesota. Eveleth, Minnesota. It's in the Iron Range. Got to represent the Iron Range. <laughs> was born and raised. All right. He has no Stanley Cups. He's a one-time Vezina Trophy winner in 1985-86, and he's finished in the top 10 voting for the Vezina four times. He is also a three-time All-Star. Had a re- career regular season record. Of 374 wins, which puts him 17th all-time, 346 losses, and 119 ties. His career goals against average is 2.98, with a career save percentage of .899. Personally, wouldn't it just drive you nuts if your career save percentage was .899? I would want to be at .9. I mean, I would round it up all the time. It's like... One of my my favorite baseball players, Kent Herbeck, and his career home runs number is two ninety three or something. It's like I would have stuck it out for. I would have got seven more to get the three hundred. But yeah, that's uh, so not the greatest career numbers. I mean, obviously they're good. He was a good goalie, but a little higher than I think. I think most of the ones I've read on this for the top players for the goalies. He also had forty career shutouts. He has, yeah, he's made the playoffs in 11 of his NHL seasons, 71 games played. Here's, I think, the first losing record for a goalie that we've read in the playoffs. His record is 28 and 38 with a 2.68 goals against and a 0.915 save percentage while having five career playoff shutouts. So that's kind of a little stat background on Van Beesbrook. I actually remember. Van Beesbrook is a goalie for the Rangers. I remember that for sure. And I remember having his cards as a kid, but a lot of people will remember him and maybe younger people might remember him as the starting goalie for the Florida Panthers from their inception in 93. And he played with them through the 97, 98 season. His goaltending helped lead the Panthers to the best inaugural season in NHL history up to that time. Obviously, that was replaced by the Vegas Golden Knights inaugural season in 2016-17. 
But at the time, the Florida Panthers had the most successful inaugural season for uh, wins in NHL history. In his time with the Panthers, he led the Panthers to their first and only Stanley Cup final in 1995-96. They did not win it. He led them to another playoff appearance in 96-97. And he's probably recognized as one of the top players taken in an expansion draft when you can get your starting goalie for the next, you know, six years. I think that's a pretty good, pretty good selection in your expansion draft. One thing about Van Beesbrook, I keep trying to say Van Beesbrook, Van Beesbrook, is that he in today's game probably never gets a shot to play in the NHL. He was five foot eight. That's very short. Very short. That obviously was a little more common in the earlier, I don't know. Just you, you heard about smaller goalies. Like, remember Darren Pang? <laughs> he was like, yeah. he might have been five eight, five seven. He was a little guy. But nowadays, I honestly don't think he gets looked at. There's just there's this big bias towards goalies. And he used to be six feet or t- taller. Now it's going to six two or taller. So it, it's an interesting, you know, byline in his history. But he obviously, small, got to play in the NHL, did well. At the time of his retirement, he was the winningest American-born goalie, which has since been eclipsed by Ryan Miller. I believe Van Beesbrook's born in Michigan. I think that's right. But at the time when he retired, he was obviously the winningest American-born goalie, but obviously that's been eclipsed. Is that kind of, though, like the best Italian restaurant in Saudi Arabia a little bit? I mean, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the U.S. – so USA Hockey, they're – they're trying to – they put an initiative in with goalies. It's called 51 and 30, and they want 51% of the, I want to say, NHL minutes, maybe AHL also. I think it's maybe professional hockey. They want 51% of the minutes to be played by American goalies by 2030. Now, I haven't looked and seen what <laughs> what the trajectory is, where they're at right now. That might be something to look at. But where did the best goalies typically come from? Oh, it's usually, I mean, Canada. It's, it's, it, it, they're all over the place. The, the training nowadays is so good. And the stuff we know, the science behind being a goalie, we know the most come from Canada. Then I would assume the USA followed right on the hot heels by Scandinavian countries. And we well, still yes, see. Well, for Wallstedt, right? That's yeah. the only one we care about now. Well, and Pecorini, but. Pecorini. <laughs> well, we see a lot of, you know, the. the Scandinavian goalies have kind of come over by force, and I don't know what the actual numbers are, but I, I'm guessing Canada one, two, is U.S. three, Scandinavia. But I could be wrong. Flip flop Scandinavia in the U.S. But all right, Van Beesbrook. After his playing career, he took over as the head coach and GM of the Salt. Oh boy, Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah, Sault Ste. Marie. I knew it was Sault Ste. Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds but resigned due to using a racial slur while referencing team captain Trevor Daly. And that is going to be always be a stain on his resume. He's come out. That's not great. Yeah. He's come out, talked about it, explained it, take it for what you will. I'm not, we're not going to get into it here, but just so you know, in fairness and reporting that is, that is out there. Currently he's the USA hockey assistant executive director of hockey operations. Big long title. Looks like it has a bunch of stuff <laughs> embroiled in it, so you could read about it if you want to see what he does right now. And just a little bit, I want to give a little background on his playing style. He was a hybrid goalie, so he incorporated the butterfly, but he also would use the traditional stand-up goalie style as well. 
He was very good getting on his angles and challenging shooters, which, as you heard earlier, he had to because he was five foot eight, and he had to take away as much net as possible, given his smaller statue. He was also very quick on his feet and could recover quickly to get in position for the next shot. So that's kind of a little of his playing style. Fun facts. I already named one. His nickname was the Beezer. Fun fact two, and I'm just going to read this straight from Wikipedia. Let's hope Wikipedia is right. But while playing midget level hockey, Van Beesbrook was joined, or he joined the Little Caesars Hockey Club, a travel ice hockey team in Detroit. During a tournament in Toronto, he lost his jersey and was forced to wear a teammate's uniform. He played well in the tournament with junior scouts in attendance. Since he wore another player's jersey, he went undrafted in the midget draft, while the player who wore his jersey was drafted in the fourth round. I think that's pretty funny. That's, that's insane. Like, that's like a worst nightmare, right? You you go out like it's, it's it's like the tryout thing. You always worried like they don't have your number right, or it's tucked into your jersey and they can't read it, and all of a sudden you get <laughs> screwed because of that. But that's kind of a funny story. So it was a good fun fact. That is that is nuts. <laughs> okay, so before you get into cards, I think, I, and I honestly hadn't looked at the background and really good overview that you did. I'm still confused, and I know this isn't you. This is the hockey writers. How they named him better than Austin Matthews? I guess so when, I, they, when they did this, they're saying 20 year career Matthews at the time. What's what's Matthews on? Seven, six, six yeah. or five years. So I'm guessing that's what led him to it. I don't know. Okay, so he's not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Is there any chance Matthews doesn't make the Hall of Fame at his current rate? It'd be really doubtful. He'd have to have right? a career. He'd have to have a career-ending injury right now, and we don't want that to happen. No. And Beesbrook ended with no cups. So, and Matthews plays for Toronto. Sorry, Toronto fans, but you could see him not winning based on their recent history. But maybe, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he led his team to a couple cups. Either he won one Vezina Trophy. Matthews already has one heart trophy, right? Yep. And he was a three-time All-Star. And I don't know how many times Matthews has been an All-Star, but it's got to be probably at least three. And then you look at his, right, if we took if we took that any current goalie with a 2.98 save percentage <laughs> and a .89, or 2.98 goals against and a .899 save percentage, we wouldn't think that that's all that fantastic, right? No, we wouldn't. We'd be like, that's worse than average, probably. So I think here's what we're going to do. In the next few days, I'm going to put up a poll on Instagram because I'm just curious how many people would agree with the hockey writers. And we're going to ask, yeah, who's better, Matthews or Van Viesbrook? I have I a think really that. strong feeling how it's going to go, and I'm sure you do oh, too. Oh, yeah, but. I do too. And it, this could be a little recency bias too because I'm guessing sure. <laughs> Matthews is more in the uh, – well, oh, 100%. Yeah. You'd have to factor in recency bias to that for sure. Okay, but. let's talk about – the Beezer's cards. All right, hockey cards. His rookie card is the 1986-87 OPG number nine. There's also a tops version, as there is with most of these. So his PSA 10, the only comp I could find of that rookie card in the OPG variant, was a PWCC sale from May of 2021 for $410. But I did find a BGS 9.5 sale on eBay from March of this year, that was for $391. And the PSA 10 pop of that OPG card is 15. And the BGS 9.5 has a pop of 44. So pretty low pops out there. Um, again, that was US dollars when I said the dollar amounts. 
410 actually surprises me that it's that high. I feel like we've talked about other great players, and of course, nobody's coming to mind. Yeah. When I would love to have someone at the top of my head, but <laughs> that have been less than 400 bucks. Oh, yeah, for sure we have. But it, again, that pop 15 probably helps drive. And who knows? Sure. I mean, it hasn't sold for over a year and a half. Year and a half. I mean, that was from the high point, right, of May, May ish, 2021, early sure. 2021. So I don't know what that card does now. Now, the tops version of that card, a PSA 10, has a pop of four, but one did sell on eBay, buy it now on September uh, 22nd of this year for $285. I think that's probably more in line with maybe what you're thinking. How <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so maybe maybe that OPG one comes down a little bit if it went for sale today. And of the tops version, there was no BGS 9.5s graded, and there's only five BGS 9s. So take that for what you will. Not doesn't look like there's an active John Van Beesbrook market out there. Next, I have to ask the question for episode 35. Are we going to get off the goalie train here or are we right? You don't have to tell us, of course, who it is, but. I believe it's a goalie. I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to, I believe it's a goalie. I'm going to look and make sure though. I won't say the name. Keep everyone waited with bated breath. It is. Oh yeah. Duh. It's a goalie. Well, if if you know hockey history, most people will probably get it. Oh, okay. I must not know hockey history, otherwise it's blanking. <laughs> well, you don't know like goalie history. I'll give you I'll give a hint. Think Blackhawks. Oh, no, I know. <laughs> All right, Troy, you ready to have a little fun? <laughs> I'm ready. I have no clue what's coming. I'm assuming I'll just I'm assuming the worst. We'll see what happens. We're gonna try something new. I'm gonna go a little bit off the rails. If this is your first time listening to the show. Uh, just remember, we've never done this before. All right, you ready, Troy? I'm ready. It's a gong show game show. Welcome to the Hockey Cards Gong Show Game Show. It's How Well Do You Know Your <laughs> Own Show? I'm your host, Josh. Let's meet today's contestant, Troy. Troy loves goalies, baby koalas, and ice cream with sprinkles. <laughs> hey, Troy, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Awesome. I think I like koalas more than goalies. Koalas are sweet. <laughs> um, I am a hockey card podcaster. I have a podcast that somehow I probably won't remember anything that Josh asked me. I'm also a goalie coach. I also work in IT. That's about it. <laughs> All right, Troy. Well, here's the rules. We're going to ask you 10 questions about your own podcast, The Hockey Cards Gong Show. If you get seven or more right, you'll win amazing prizes. Any questions, Troy, before we start? <laughs> How about just one or more right? <laughs> All right, folks. It's time to play How Much Do You Know About Your Own Show? Question one. Troy, how many TikTok followers does the Hockey Cards Gong Show have? This is multiple choice. Is it A, between 7 and 800? B, between 800 and 900? C, between 900 and 1,000? Or D, more than 1,000? I'm going to go D, more than 1,000. Ooh, sorry, Troy. Ah. The correct answer is C, between 900 and 1,000. 
What is it? It's between nine hundred thousand. <laughs> Okay, like well, nine nine forty two or something uh, like that. I I, God, I knew it was getting close to a thousand. Shoot, I I had more confidence than I guess I should have. All right, and we have way more than that in listeners. So yeah, if, please follow us on TikTok. <laughs> by the way, all right. Question number two, Troy, who was the first Gong Show interview guest? Uh, George Ross from a Scout in the Western Hockey League. You got it. All right, good. I got one. So far, you've got one right out of two questions. (laughs) Question number three. Prior to the start of the 2022-23 NHL season, you named five Calder Trophy candidates. Can you name at least four of the five? (laughs) No, I can't. I, I I will admit I probably don't remember who they are. Let me, if I... I know I wasn't Logan Thompson because that was your big dark horse. Uh, I I can't remember any of them. You want to take a guess? Uh, Let me think. Mm. Matt Boldy. Marco Rossi. Shane Pinto. Mm, that's what I'm going with. I, I can't remember anyone else. <gasps> Sorry, Troy. <laughs> I your, got zero. <laughs> your five Calder Trophy candidates <laughs> were Maddie Veneers, Mason McTavish. Okay. Marco Rossi, which you did get right. Shane Wright and Owen Power. Wow. Well, don't ever listen no to me. No Pinto. Oh, it's Pinto. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay, question number four. In episode 21 that premiered on October 4th, 2022, you had personally researched two Diamond in the Rough 2022-23 breakout candidates. Who were they? Hmm. Ilya Sorokin. And Dylan Dubé. <laughs> I don't know. I have no clue. <gasps> Sorry, Troy. You did get that one wrong, but you got one right. Dylan Dubé was right. Yeah. The second mm-hmm. was Nicholas Abe Kubel. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense how you said it. All right, Troy. Question number five. The United States and Canada are the countries with the most gong show listeners. Can you name two of the three next most popular countries for our show? Countries or cities? Countries. Read the question again. I'm say it again. The United States and Canada are the countries with the most gong show listeners. Can you name two of the three next most popular okay. countries for our show? I would say Oh, it's got to be Scandinavia somewhere, right? I would say Sweden and mm, no, isn't I'll say Sweden and Germany. I think Germany, if I remember right. We had somewhere in the middle Europe that I was surprised by one time. I'm going to say Sweden and Germany. 
You got that one right, Troy. I did. Nice. <laughs> Beyond the United States and Canada, the next three most popular countries for the Hockey Cards Gong Show podcast are Sweden, the United Kingdom, and Germany. Wow. See, if I was smart, I would have up like another tab on my, and I'd sit here and like try to scroll. You can't scroll through our episode show notes. They're too big. Like they just crash your computer now. Yeah, no kidding. And no cheating. I'm glad you're not cheating. No, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Okay, you have two right out of five so far. (laughs) All right, here we go. Question number six. Let's stay with geography for a minute. All right. Calgary and Toronto are our top listener cities. Which is the third most popular city for Gong Show listeners? This is a multiple choice question. Mm. Is it Montreal, Vancouver, or Edmonton? Hmm. trying to think like did we meet listeners from anywhere that i can kind of figure it out i will go with i'll say edmonton you're correct Edmonton is the third most popular city for gong show listeners so you're you're batting 500 so far all right all right question number seven how many times have you personally asked Upper Deck on our show to make <laughs> hockey cards for your high school hockey team? Well, it, it's been, we've had Billy, we have Tony. How many times have we had Tony on? Have we had him once or twice? We had him twice, right? Or is Judges it once? can't help. Ah, oh, man. Three times. <gasps> we have had Upper Deck on three times, but you've only asked oh, him twice. Yes, twice. Once <laughs> Billy, once. Oh, shoot. Question number eight. Prior to the start of the 2022-23 NHL season, you named five Norris Trophy candidates. Can you name at least four of the five? Oh, does that include... um, Does that include Kucherov? No. Oh, man. You have five Norris candidates for this season. Can you name four of the five? Hmm. <laughs> I can't make it. I, sorry, I'm brain farting. I don't know. Just name five. Name five good defensemen. Come on. Kale McCarr. <laughs> uh, That's one. You need three more. Not Kucherov. <laughs> no. I'm trying to think like wild players. That, it's like not Spurgeon. <laughs> oh, who else do I have? Mm, I don't. I don't know. Like I no clue. I put. All right, your top, your five Norris Trophy candidates were Kale McCarr, which you mentioned, Miro Heiskanen, Roman Yossi, Adam Fox, and Aaron Ekblad. This is just one more reminder. If anyone ever thinks should you listen to our advice, we don't even remember our own advice. That's how good it is. And Troy, for the record, I would do just as terrible. So don't feel bad. Okay, question number nine. In episode seven, we did a five safest vintage players to invest in debate. Which of these two players were not in your list of five? So two of these players you didn't say were the the five safest vintage players to invest in. Guy Lafleur, Patrick Waugh, Gordie Howe, Mario Lemieux. 
I'll say Lafleur and Lemieux. <gasps> oh, sorry, Troy. It's Lafleur and Gordy Howe and Guy oh, Lafleur. Jeez, oh, we're not in your five, which honestly surprised me because I know in the past few, actually, the past for the past month, you've been talking both on the show and off the show a lot about the fifty-one Parkhurst, and I know. You've had your eye on that Gordy Howe. But yeah, I think I think that cha- I think that my opinion changed on that <laughs> since I was asked. It just shows you've evolved, right? Okay, last question, Troy. You have three right so far out of nine. Can you get to the magic fourth right answer? Question ten. How many times has Chris McGill from Card Ladder appeared as a guest on the podcast? Twice. Got it. I, that was, I knew that. That was easy. Well, Troy, you got four of ten, correct? Pretty sad. How do you feel about your performance? And uh, how well do you know your own show? Pretty brutal. Like I stick by my choices, but I'm going to be very honest. On the spot, I just can't remember anything. It's so. tough. It's <laughs> tough. What well, do want you to know that your appearance on How Well Do You Know Your Show today is not in vain. We do have some fantastic prizes for you, Troy. You ready to hear what you've won? I'm ready. Four of 10, what do correct? I get? What do I get? You've won an 800 count box of 1991 Upper Deck Hockey Commons. How do you feel about that, Trey? <laughs> awesome. I'm ready. You excited? Add it to my box. All right, everybody. That is How Well Do You Know Your Own Show for today. I am Josh, your host. Join us next time <laughs> on the Gong Show Game Show. Well, Troy, was the uh, first Gong Show game show as fun for you as it was for me? Well, that was interesting. I knew I I knew if you asked me anything on like who I picked for something, I would just fail miserably since I wasn't cheating because I just my mind doesn't work like that. I, I I don't do good at recalling that kind of information. But like you asked me stats and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, I, I think I remember seeing that once, and that <laughs> that I could pull up. Now, if you ask me like stats of someone, I probably could get pretty close, but. When it's who I picked, I just I I don't know why my brain doesn't work like that. Here's what I'll say in your defense, and I think this is especially true as we moved to two shows a week. There's no time to even reflect on oh. what happened previous. We finished a show and we're almost instantly on to the next one. So I think that we've both been very in the moment with our hockey card stuff. Uh, I would say for the last month or two. I don't know. Maybe that's an excuse, but I don't think I would do any better for the record. So I thought it was fun. Okay. Let's move on to movers and shakers. As always, we start with who's hot. Mitch Marner, Troy is on a 13 game point streak after Monday night. The 25 year old Maple Leafs forward has 23 points in 20 games, four goals and 19 assists. He's coming off a career high 97 points last season. Seems to be keeping the pace this year. I'm really curious about your opinion on this. And I think we talked about it prior to the season start, but the Leafs have been innovating this year, trying Marner at defense in five-on-five situations. He's obviously a good defensive forward, and I think the thought is 
he can be capable from a defensive perspective and really amp up things for the Leafs offensively, push the puck, skate the puck in the zone, make stuff happen. And, and I think, Troy, this gets back to how the league is starting to really optimize the blue line for offense. Mm-hmm. And my question is, do you see this happening more and more? Oh, for sure. And if you look at the power play evolution, a lot of teams right now, their first units run four forwards and maybe one D. And that's just going to keep going up. And a lot of teams, I think a couple, not a lot of teams, a couple of teams have actually experimented with five forwards on the power play just because of that offensive mindset. But now if we get more offensive defensemen that are coming up in the Kale McCarr vein, the Bobby Orr vein, I think it's it's going to keep growing because the game is changing towards that offense. More offense, more offense, more offense. I suppose as the league continues to push the rules more towards offense, this makes sense too. And it gives teams a couple of options, right? Either draft a player like Kale McCarr, which of course is easier said than done, or find a forward that is has somewhat of a defensive mindset and defensive capabilities and try them out on the blue line. But it'll be interesting to follow. And especially I think too, from a hockey card perspective, how more time on ice, more power play opportunities, more scoring chances can help guys build their value. Okay. Let's talk about Marner from a hockey cards perspective. Last sale of his 2016 young gun PSA 10 pop 1020 was 445 us dollars on 11 11, so November 11th. This is up 27% in the past two weeks. Interestingly, though, his 2016 Young Gun BGS 9.5 popped 2016. It's a pretty high population. Last sold for 189 on November 20th, which is down about 25% in the past two weeks. So try the BGS 9.5 is less than half the value of the PSA 10. Crazy, huh? I think BGS is just struggling for everything i've read even re- recently it's just like their their slabs are aren't holding value they're always in the news for something weird something going wrong i don't know i saw a couple things about the toronto expo where people that P- cards psa wasn't great they were running over to beckett and they were great <laughs> it was just i don't oh, know geez. what's going on again this is grading and i get all bitter about it but just it seems yeah i mean that's i think the world we're in right now is there a comparison that you can, and I this is just just came to my mind be, that you could make between Marner and Drysital, almost in like so. Here's here's where I'm going with this, where you have so McDavid and Drysital, yeah. right? And almost like Matthews Marner is the light version of McDavid Drysital. Yeah. I think it, it's a loose comparison, but I can see how you can get there. And I guess why I think maybe that'd be relevant is is Marner's value getting at 97 points last year. He's got 23 points already. Is his value overshadowed a little bit by Austin Matthews? Yeah, I would I would say so. But again, <laughs> what do I know? When do you know? Yeah. Well, we just found out what you know. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll move on to our second player we're featuring in Who's Hot, and that is Pavel Buchnevich. This is a recommendation for from Fifferfef, which is kind of fun to say, from the mm-hmm. Kong Show Discord. Uh, thank you, Fifferfef, for throwing uh, nominating Buchnevich. So in November, Troy, Pavel has 10 points in 10 games played, three goals, seven assists. As with the Blues in general, Buchnevich is starting to heat up. I think I just saw the Blues have won like six straight games. 
after maybe losing their first eight or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they had a horrible, horrible They had a horrible beginning. I know they had a horrible start. So that's just could be a little bit wrong there, but that's top of mind. Buchanovich was coming off a breakthrough in career year last year where he scored 76 points in 73 games played, including scoring 30 goals. Previous to last season, his best point total was 48 in 2020 with the Rangers. From a hockey card's perspective, his 2016 Young Gun PSA 10 popped 47, right? So look at Marner, same year. His Young Gun PSA 10 popped 1,020, Buchanovich 47. That sold for 43 U.S. dollars on July 7th. With 47, they're not going to be for sale very often. That forty that $43, though, is quite a bit off of its all-time high, which was $118 U.S. this past January. Tough card to find, but it was down this summer. I can't imagine it's, it would be up significantly now, especially after the start he had. He's had a really good month of November, but it, it was a pretty rough start for everyone at the Blues. This one, though, is crazy. So I also looked up his 2016 Young Gun BGS 9.5, pop 21, tiny pop. Troy at last sold for $12.50 US on November 14th. Wow. The prior sale for this card was $60 US last May. So if we look at these two cards, his PSA 10 Young Gun BGS 9.5, I'm going to, this might be controversial. I understand. And please send all hate mail to Troy. He likes reading it, but I'm going to throw out there. There's not a booming Buchnevich hockey card market. Do you think there's a bigger Buchnevich hockey market card market or Mark Shifley hockey card market? Shifley? Yeah, I would say Shifley too, just for playing in Winnipeg. But that that's the other guy that we always talk about where it's like, man, his cards just, no one wants them. No, no one sells No one buys them. But yeah, I would say I Shifley. I can't believe that $12.50 for a BGS 9.5 a couple weeks ago. Crazy. Last guy in Who's Hot. Another nomination from the Gong Show Discord. Jadon B. Thank you, Jadon, for nominating Adam Ruzica. So he's only played eight games this year, all in November, I believe. He has eight points, Troy. Four goals, four assists. He split time between the AHL and Flames in the past two years. Last season, he did play 28 NHL games where he had 10 points, five goals, five assists. He did make the Flames roster opening night this year, but a struggle to get playing time. Long story short, some injuries opened up. I think the key one was a, a Huberto injury a few weeks ago, and he since then made the most of his playing opportunity. He's actually been playing on the top line recently with Elias Lindholm and Tyler Tofolio, and on the second power play unit. So it's time to, for everyone to dig through your card boxes to your 2021 young guns and dig up your Adam Ruzicas that you had buried away for worth less than a buck. The last sale of this 2021 young gun raw hit 10 us dollars. And this is as of November 22nd, a month ago, it was less than a dollar fairly consistently. There was also a PSA 10 that sold for 51 us dollars on November 19th. That had previously sold for 37 US dollars on October 9th. Adam Ruzica is on the rise. Go through your your uh, dollar boxes. Dig them up and probably in a good time to sell them. Any uh, deep Ruzica thoughts, Troy? No, he's he's a player I don't really follow that much. Yeah. All I know is I'm going to look through my dollar or through my box and see if I have any young, <laughs> young guns of his. I'm sure you do. Oh, Harley's howling. You know what that means. The struggle bus is pulling up. 
She loves the struggle bus, Troy. All right. You know, normally the struggle bus does pull up and I'm usually kind of, uh, you know, going up on there, seeing his error. But uh, as sad as I am to say this, Troy, the struggle bus stopped at my house today for me. It's time I get on the struggle bus. Did you like? Did to... you walk on the bus, see yourself, and kind of point at yourself like the Spider Man meme, where you're both no. pointing at each other? <laughs> I did walk on with my hell with my head down though, in in total shame because for some reason I can't seem to pronounce anyone's name correctly. And last week was the coup de gras of my <laughs> name pronunciation horribleness, and it and honestly, Google did me dirty. <laughs> Right. So I want to shout out Case It's Reed from our Gangsha Discord, who is a huge Dallas Stars fan and gave me the phonetic spelling for Rope Hints. I did like Ropa, right? Ropa. I think so. That's what Google said. So this is how like deep down the rabbit hole I went with this. I watched about 20 YouTube videos specifically on how to pronounce his name. And here's the worst part about it. Now it's all in my head because any name I see is instant terror. And our all hints, my I'm telling you, our hints. All, all my all my confidence is gone. I'm gripping the mic tight. <laughs> right? I'm just not letting it flow. But I am definitely on the struggle bus. And I now I don't think assuming I still I'm not messing it up that Rope hints. I think I got it. We have two other players though that are joining me on the struggle bus this week. The first, Troy, is your guy, Anton Lindell. Through 19 games played this season, he has nine points. Only one goal, though, with eight assists. Nine points isn't terrible, of course, but one goal is definitely a rough start. Give you guys a little bit of comparison. He played 65 games for the Panthers last season and scored 18 goals. He's roughly on pace this year for four. I'm not a mathematician, but I know four is less than 18, right? Definitely. As of late, Lindell's been playing on Florida's third line and second power play unit, so he should be getting decent scoring chances. Hopefully he'll amp that up, because I know a lot of people were... I believe he was Series 2 Young Gun last year. His 2021 Young Gun PSA 10 last sold on November 18th for 56 US dollars. A month ago, it was very consistently selling in the 100 US range. So it's gone down hard due to his play, losing over 40% of its value. His 2021 Young Gun raw values have been all over the board, Troy. Some of these guys, it's really hard to peg on the raw side, especially yeah. when when they're in like the 5 to $15 range, because then you have the shipping that gets factored in there and just normal, whether it's an auction, buy it now. All I can say is that last I saw it was $10, but it typically sells in the 4 to $10 range. So I think $10 is closer to the higher end of what people are paying now. If you're still bullish on Lundell, probably a good time to pick some up. Yeah, I was just looking. The last time he actually scored a point was November 9th. Yikes. Eesh. No bueno. Well, similar to that, now we have two episodes in a row where we've got a guy on the struggle bus who had been a few weeks prior in our Who's Hot section. And we got to go here with Shane Pinto on the struggle bus. So through 18 games played this season, Pinto has nine points, nine, eight goals, one assist. He's the reverse Lundell, <laughs> right? Lundell had one goal, eight assists. Pinto has eight goals, nine. Hold on. Lundell had one goal, eight assists. Pinto has eight goals, one assist. It's very much a tale of two halves for Pinto. He was named the rookie of the month for October. Yep. In November, he's got two points in 10 games played. 
he also has not registered a point in the last five games. Whew. To make matters a touch worse, uh, he blocked a shot this past Saturday in the Senators' loss to the Devils and was a little gimpy. I think it was questionable whether he'd play Monday. He did play, so gutted through that, but I'm sure that's going to hamper his play a little bit in the short term. From a hockey card's perspective, last few sales of his 2021 Young Gun Raw have been in the 12 to $13 U.S. range. When we featured him in Who's Hot, it was actually on October 31st, so it's been our Halloween episode. This card was selling around $18 U.S., so it's down about what, a third of its value since then. So again, here's another one, just like Lindell, if you're a believer, you can get Pinto on the cheap right now. That's it for the struggle bus. Okay, let's move on to hobby news. We got a couple brief items to touch on for this Thursday episode, a Thanksgiving episode of the Hockey Cards Gong Show podcast. So here's one that's crazy that you actually sent to me, Troy. Shane Wright, the Shane Wright loophole. We're yeah, calling Shane, it. Shane Wright to the AHL loophole. So if you'll recall, we talked about this a lot when we were doing our uh, projections for who's going to make the team coming out of the preseason, where because he was drafted at 18 years old, there's some sort of agreement between the CHL and the NHL where you can't send 18-year-olds to the AHL. They either have to remain with the NHL team or be sent back to juniors. But if they are sent back to juniors, they have to remain there for the full season. And as a result, he's been a healthy scratch for most of this year, right? Yeah, I think well, at least the last five games for sure. Or the last, yeah, last five for sure. And, and then, that brought up a, yeah. a debate as what's best for him. Is it is it doing him any good to sit up in the press box every game and not play, or should he just be sent back to juniors? Well, we find out a couple of days ago there is a loophole that I'm sure the Kraken knew about, and you know they knew something we all didn't, in that if you're a healthy scratch for five consecutive games, there's a one-time exemption for him to go to the AHL for what they call a conditioning stint. And he's allowed to stay there for a maximum of five games or 14 days, which will obviously give him a little bit of playing time at the very least. I did see, too, I think it was on Instagram, some highlights that I think he scored his first professional goal last night. So that would have been Tuesday night down down in the AHL. So I guess congrats to him for that. And I'm just happy that he's getting some playing time. Yeah, he needs it. I mean, you can't just sit in the player's box and watch watch the game and i mean you can get a little better by observing and you know watching film and stuff but you got to start playing in games at some point definitely okay there's a couple injuries that we want to update you all on if you're not already aware so going back to the toronto maple leafs morgan riley the toronto defenseman who currently is second on the team with uh an assist with 16 helpers and 20 games played was placed on the long-term ir list with a knee injury it's not great Maybe now we'll see uh, Marner even more on the blue line with, with Luz and Riley there. And then, oh, Lord, here goes. So this next guy, and I knew how to say this, but because yeah. of my whole crisis of confidence thing, I went and watched YouTube videos. And I do want to say, if you look up YouTube videos on to how to pronounce someone's name, half of them are wrong, too. Yeah. So it, this is not an easy thing, and, and especially when you're gripping the mic tight. The like best thing to do, to do the best thing to do I found is go on to NHL.com. I think they might have phonetic sayings, but find highlights of them scoring. And then yeah. just listen to the announcers say their name. True. Okay, so the Blue Jackets, Patrick Liney will miss three to four weeks with a sprained ankle. 
He's only played eight, eight games so far this season and has four points. So already a slow start. Who's uh, going to be out for the next three or four weeks? There is one more in hobby news, I guess, one more Black Friday sale. Troy, your friends at Beckett, they're Ooh. offering 25 to 50% off grading from now through November 28th. That's 25% off both the economy and standard level. So it brings it down to $18.75 for economy and $30 for standard. Kind of puts them pretty much in line with everybody else. So I don't know how much of a steal that is, right? Because if you can get like 18 bucks through PSA, and if you're a member of their subscription service, and then if you use group submitters through SGC, it's 18 as well too, isn't it? I think so, yeah. I yeah. these grading companies, it all runs into one big blur for me now. But we want everyone to know that if you are a BGS yeah. fan and there is a, a Black Friday sale, so we thought we'd pass that along. Last bit of news. In hobby news, we do have one local card show shout out. This is from Instagram user Kirill Recognize. There's a show, it's called the Causeway Card Show. Location is uh Big Night Live, 110 Causeway Street. Boston, Massachusetts, November 26th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. There's some hockey-specific signings by Charlie McAvoy and Jeremy Swayman, your guy, Troy, Jeremy Swayman, from uh, 12 to 1. Show tickets are $10. Autograph tickets range from $25 to $89 each, depending on item. And you can buy tickets on online uh, on the show website, which is www.causewaycardshow.com. Yeah, I think this one has... You know, a couple of Boston Bruins, and I'm guessing there's going to be a, a good selection of hockey, not like Toronto Expo hockey. I just love the Instagram user's name that submitted this. Kirill Recognized Real. I love that. Love it, too. Okay, we do want to briefly mention that it is Thanksgiving here in the U.S. And like most holidays, of course, it's become commercialized and stressful for all us uh, cooking all day or spending time with your weird relatives. I'm sure <laughs> enough people are going to do that. But uh, most importantly... It's also time for reflection and gratitude. So in that spirit, we thought we'd take a minute and share from both a hockey, hockey cards perspective and show perspective what we're grateful for this day, Thanksgiving here in the U.S. So I'm going to start my gratitude for Troy, for Kirill Kaprizov. I'm grateful because he's not only the first wild true superstar, but honestly, without him this year, the Wild might only have six total goals. <laughs> Either the true. goals he set up or the goals he scored himself. I haven't officially looked that up, but it might, it honestly, is probably close to six. I wouldn't be shocked if that was the answer. The Wild have been awful offensively, so very, very thankful for Kaprizov this year. Next, and this is one that I'm probably a little bit late to the game with, I'm going to be honest, but it's become a daily dose of levity for me is I'm so grateful for Daryl Sutter, the Flames head coach and all of his press conferences. They are the most amazing things ever. You know, without them, we would never know how he feels about the Kentucky Derby or Jonathan Huberto's <laughs> bowel movements, whether they're regular or not. Uh, and, and if you have never witnessed any of Sutter's press conferences, there's a million YouTube highlights just go on to YouTube and look them up. They're amazing. And whatever's going on in your life, they will brighten your day. And the last thing I'm going to mention, Troy, before I give you a chance is, you know, in sincerity, right? I'm super grateful for your hockey card hobby. The people here have been open, kind, amazing, and just a pleasure to deal with. We've had such amazing support from you, the listener, which is very humbling and really makes us want to produce better content for you guys. And anyone that supported us from family, friends, listeners, hobby people, patrons, thank you very much. 
you have any gratitude or you or, or do you just celebrate festivus or something like that? <laughs> the airing of the grievances get my festivus poll i've tried to get a festivus poll but my wife has shot that down all the time but no i would be I awesome i know i love the festivus poll i am just grateful for this podcast for the patreon supporters for our discord users for the listeners all the instagram comments and people that you know, listen, give us feedback. We didn't know what to expect when we started this thing. And the amount of growth and everything we've had has been fantastic. I'm also very thankful for Upper Deck, Jeremy Lee, all these people in the hobby, Chris McGill, um, that have come on our show, all our guests that have come on and talked to us and given us a shot to interview them. I'm very thankful for them. You know, I hope I hope we keep going. I'm really excited i hope people can forgive me for my game show performance um so that's what i'm really really thankful for hockey specific i'm actually i this popped into my head i'm really thankful for paul bizanet and his and his thoughts and opinions on his podcast what is it spitting chiclets is that what it's called yeah i've you got me into it and i've started listening to a little bit more and i there is there is a place in this world for people that just speak their mind and have no care what the repercussions are Uh, that's been pretty amazing kind of like your daryl uh sutter (laughs) i'm gonna say paul bizanet for just speaking his mind and letting the whole world know what he's thinking we've talked about this before in person quite a bit and i think even when we were driving to toronto a week or so ago. My favorite part just about Biz Nasty and his personality is that they stick him next to Wayne Gretzky <laughs> on the TNT broadcast. It's such a, a dichotomy. It's crazy that in the cancel culture world that we live in, yeah. that and I'm grateful that he's allowed to be himself on his podcast and still be on TV. It's kind of, uh, I find that awesome and, and funny at the same time. All right, not much of new product releases. I did go through all the online retailers and try to get an update on dates. And there actually has been some movement on the holding dates front. So both Blowout and Dave and Adams have moved almost everything out of November and back to the end of December. Steel City still has six or so releases in November with to-be-determined dates. But I'm, I'm honestly try just guessing that they haven't updated their release calendar on the Canadian side, Carlson Chara, I don't think is real updated either. I'll give you an example. They have a lure releasing on November 15th, which we know didn't happen. And there's also no checklist published for the two hints that Billy Celio gave us on Monday for Metal Universe Hockey or SP Game Used. So long story short, Troy, I'm thinking, you know, if you kind of connect the dots on all this, there probably won't be anything until at least the second week of December. That's what, Does that sound like. right? That's what it's looking like. Right. That would be two weeks from today. There's no checklist out yet. There's no solid dates. And again, I'm inclined to take Billy's word. No reason not to, that they're getting caught up. It's just, I just don't get, from what we can see, I don't see that. Right. And I'm sure there's a plan that we're just not aware of. There's just, a, there's that eight, eight or so block of sets, right? There's credentials, allure, SP game used, metal universe, OBG Platinum, but what is Synergy and maybe a couple others that I, I just don't know when those are going to come out. Because if you look at prior to them moving all these dates into December, there was a whole slate of current releases that were scheduled to go out in December. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. That's the latest. We'll keep you guys updated as we get any new information. It's time for listener mailbag. Again, I'm continuing 
blown away by how many, what support we get on this and the great questions that we get. So we have a lot to get you to, so we should probably start rolling. First one is from our Hockey Cards Gong Show Discord in 419 Sports Guy. I think it's a really kind of interesting question, Troy. Who will be the first player selected as an all-star from this year's rookie class? You want to go first? I put it has to be Logan Thompson. If he keeps playing like mm-hmm. he is, obviously someone else might get. I mean, there might be more than one rookie, but to me, he's the most obvious choice right now in my eyes. He is doing fantastic things at Vegas, and I could see that continuing and him being an all-star. This question is a little tricky as written, not that 419 sports guy wrote a poorly or anything, but it kind of depends how you define rookie class. I think both of us initially looked at it like who's Calder eligible. That's what I did. Yeah, that's what I thought. But but another way to look at it would be like, well, of the 2022-23 Young Guns in Series mm. 1, who would be? And I think that would technically be correct. So I'll, I'll try to answer those both. I'm going to say, just like you, Logan Thompson, it seems like to me he's the front runner right now. And if I had to go with one of the 2022 Young Guns so far, I think I'd go with Veneers. Not only is he lead... Leading in points, I think he has 11 currently, but he's also on a kind of a bad team where he'll have an opportunity to stand out. He's got a good amount of flash to his game. All right, next question. Another one from our Gong Show Discord. Jam Shoes. What do you think happens to a player's value if they get traded? Does it go up or down? Or does it depend on what team they go to? All right, try to let you go first again. I believe it solely depends on where he's traded to. I don't think the act of being traded does much in itself but i think a lot of it has to do where he goes if he goes from a bad team to a contender you probably see some bump in pricing i always think of it the situation where someone goes from a terrible team to the stanley cup contender maybe get a chance to win a cup might drive pricing up a little bit so i would say it almost to me it's dependent on where where they go not just not the act of the being traded there could be some small instances where just being traded might affect them if they're a cancer or something slips out like that. But I would I would say it's more independent on where they go. I totally agree with you. I think the prime example of this is that's current is the Patrick Kane situation, mm-hmm. right? Where you're hearing rumblings of, of course, that the Blackhawks are tanking for Bedard and you have in a team that's rebuilding, you have Taves and Kane who are at the end of their career. Are they good possible trade candidates one team i've seen a lot as a possibility for kane is the rangers so i think that's an instance where if he goes to an original six team or a big market team where you would see a a definite and it would be short-term bump and from there i think it would depend on how well they play next question from gong show discord money moose where is the best place to sell your cards all right troy go ahead so i said ebay land by far and away if you want to get the most potential buyer pool i think you'll get the most eyes on it if you go to ebay higher end stuff and i didn't know what the dollar amount was i just put greater than ten thousand. if you pull something big or you have something big that you want to sell maybe go to an auction house and use them to get those higher end buyers on on to look at it because they'll have a pool of people that they know and they can get your card in front of i also there's more if you get into like a really good community on instagram or facebook you see a lot of people selling on there obviously a little more risk with that stuff Make sure you do what PayPal goods and services. If you do that, put, give yourself a little protection. Um, there's also obviously a lot more of the live auction platform stuff. You can become a seller on whatnot and sell your singles if you want or do breaks and all that. There's that option as well. 
uh, local card shops. If you want to take another avenue as well, a little more time consuming. Got to and card shows. Obviously, you got to go there physically, do a little negotiating, possibly. But I think that route. And you know, I've seen we've seen people that get a lot of base. We've seen them bundle up the base into team sets and maybe try to trade trade that way or get rid of them that way. So that's just another option too. A lot of different venues out there. I know that's not all of them, but kind of just a little bit of my thoughts on it. I think it's a good overview. What I would do in the way of answering this question is really build on that. I think the best way to sell cards is to be active in the community, make connections, and build really your selling brand. Because all the vehicles that you talked about, Troy, become so much easier to sell your cards when you're recognizable. People know they can trust Mm -hmm. you. And that just really, I I think, is is helpful. And there's really no magic pill to that. It just takes time, effort, and energy to to build build up your personal selling brand, I guess. Okay, this question is from Instagram, Cards and Comics 8777. Will Young Guns keep their prices with the current print runs? Seems unlikely with EPAC, retail, and hobby. I'll start with this one, Troy. To me, it's a matter of upper deck balancing how much they print with demand. I would hope as part of their sales group that they have demand planners that analyze the data and figure out how much to produce. I think the first sign we would see if there's too much supply in the marketplace is we'd see big decreases in the prices of sealed wax. And so I went looking for this a little bit. The only wax that I saw that's see that I think is seeing some steep discounts right now is 2021-22 extended. But in general, if you look at the last three or four years of flagship, Series 1, Series 2, the prices seem pretty steady and Young Guns prices seem pretty good. So to me, not knowing how many cards are printed and knowing that upper deck We'll probably never disclose that. It tells me that they're doing a decent job of balancing supply and demand. Perfect. I have nothing to add. <laughs> okay, next question from Vaulted Cards. What's your very early prediction on who will end up getting Bedard? I want to start here too. So to me, it's the wild. And I only say that because I'm trying to speak it into existence. <laughs> and then I guess beyond the wild, let's say whatever the biggest market in the NHL or that the NHL wants him to go to, which is kind of a joke and kind of not right. There is a lottery for maybe this is, I got my tinfoil hat on doing a little conspiracy theory here, but all I'm going to say is that in 2020, the Rangers were the 14th draft seed ended up getting the number one pick and Alexi Lafreniere. Now that hasn't completely worked out for them, but going to 14 to one, when he had a big name coming out, big market, I don't know. You're going with the frozen envelope NBA theory. Interesting. But if I really had to guess and give a, an honest answer, I'd say Chicago would be my best guess today. Yeah, I, I've, been you saying, I've been saying all along Chicago. I've said it you know, ever since we started talking about Bedard. I think their management team is the most actively or the most active in trying to do everything they can to get Bedard. And we'll see what happens with Kane if they ship him out for some draft picks or whatever. And, don't get much in return. I think that'll be a very key data point in this whole thing. If they just ship him out and get some picks, you can tell they're really going for him then. You know, they were actually playing really, really well. And it was like the player, like the players aren't tanking. The players, I, I think, never tank. It's what no. management does and coaches can do to kind of, I mean, we coaches are the fair, but what management could do to hinder them more than anything. You're always playing for your next contract as yep. a player. Yep. And so doing bad hurts you. Yeah. Even if it helps the team. Next question from Instagram and JR Exotic. 
why aren't pre-EPAC or pre-2015 young gun values higher than the ones available on EPAC? There's definitely less, and we're actually a challenge to acquire. Okay, so I think this is a good question. I'm not sure I know the answer. I don't have enough information or insight as to what Upper Deck is doing. My best guess, though, is that anyone pre-2015 now has been in the league for seven, eight years, and the sole basis of their card value is no longer has anything to do with potential. So where you look at a lot, still like a Kaprizov or Makar, or obviously even the 2021 guys, or of course the guys that came out last week in 2022, I would argue more than half of their value is still what we think that they'll become. And so when you look at pre-2015 Young Guns, you have to look at guys like Crosby, Ovechkin, McKinnon, Dreisaitl, right? Or Stamkos even, whose values are really based on what they've accomplished and the production that they've had in in the league. Probably the best way I can answer yeah, it. Yeah, I have nothing, nothing better than that. Okay, next question from our favorite name from Instagram. Yes. Top Shelf Cookie Sniper 88. I love this question. You only have $100 to spend at a card show. What would you buy? Okay, Troy, I'll let you go first. Because I'm a sucker and I'm idiot i would buy sealed wax and i'd probably get a box of 22 23 series one <laughs> even though we we've, we've said a million times that's not the way to make money but i love opening wax if not if not that say say we're at the show and josh has hit me in the head enough times and elbowed me and it's like don't do that don't do that then i would scour the dollar boxes and look yeah. for maybe i would print out our who's hot <laughs> who's hot list from the last couple episodes and maybe sneak through there and see if i can find any you just stole my answer. Oh, did I? Yeah, I didn't read you. <laughs> your, your method would be how to turn $100 into 37 right? <laughs> yeah. So I, like I said, you stole my answer. I would go dollar box shopping. I would try to convert my 100 into 250 so I could buy a, a better player. And if you just think back to a few minutes ago and who's hot, how many Adam Ruzikas this yeah. weekend will be buried in dollar boxes? at card show or value boxes that you might pick up for one or two bucks and can flip those quick heck take them to the table next to you and sell it for eight bucks <laughs> and, and and walk away a little bit of cash in your pocket next question instagram from instagram couch surfer do you think that psa 9 is definitely a good deal right now in hockey I still do think it's a good value for over the long term. I don't know about the short term. If you want to buy a nine and think you're going to flip it for 40% profit in the next six months, I wouldn't go there. But if it's a player you really like, and maybe the PSA 10 is out of reach or unaffordable, you know, over one or two years, like I honestly think that like an Ovechkin might be a decent bet. If if you would say what PSA 9 over the next two years has the best chance to increase in value, that might be that might be one to look at. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree with you. I'm I like PSA nines, but you're not going to buy it and flip it in two to three months. It's going to be a longer term play. You got to get we got to get out of this mentality that's PSA ten or bust that we're in right now. And I don't know how long that takes. Another one from Instagram, Ed Lister eighty two. How would you feel if they started to number young guns like Future Watch autos? All right, Troy, you can go first on this one. Yeah, I kind of I sat there and thought about this one, and it basically comes down to is I just don't feel a need to me there's not a need to number base young guns as it's the flagship rookie and we've talked about this with upper deck and that word flagship and attainable or i say availability it's it's about availability of it i don't think you need to limit the base and they do have numbered versions already what is it high gloss or exclusive 
Yep. So they have some of those and then they have some more scarcer ones with clear cuts and canvases and all that. But I don't think to me, it wouldn't make sense to in the flagship product when it's about availability to number a bit to number base young guns. Now with that said, maybe that's what Billy's big secret was last week, but I don't think that's it. I think he's got something bigger up his sleeve. Well, you would kill the value of exclusives and high gloss if you did that. Mm-hmm. And I think the young guns serves a purpose. It is what it is. And I'm just echoing, I think what you just said, it's the accessible base rookie for, of, for every hockey player that, that everyone accepts as the core rookie. And, I think it serves its purpose and definitely has its value. Jeez, you look at, you have what McDavid young guns that are worth more than 3000 bucks mm-hmm. as a base rookie card. That's, that's a, there's not a lot of other comparable cards that, that carry the weight and value that young guns do, especially how, how no, how we know that they're not exactly mass produced to me. I, I really like the sweet spot that they have. They're mm-hmm. not mass produced. They're one, you know, there's one young gun in every four packs. There's 50 young guns in a set, so you've got what is what is that? I don't do math. One in every 200 packs, roughly, for the one young gun you want. So it's not super easy to get them, but it's not like you're trying to like do the impossible chase either. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, and and there's might be a lot of people that disagree with this. I actually like the current configuration of, of base young guns. Agree. That is the Hockey Cards Gong Show podcast for this Thursday. Again, happy Thanksgiving to anyone who's celebrating it this day. If you like the episode, please leave a rating review on Apple, Spotify, or whatever podcast app you listen to us on. Make Troy feel better about his Gong Show game show performance. If you love the show, want to support us, want to participate in nominating Who's Hot and Struggle Bus, give us show ideas, enter into competitions like the 5K Challenge, and just in general, support us. We would be grateful for you to join our Out of 99 support tier for $5 a month. You can do that by searching for Hockey Cards Gong Show on the Patreon website. via. There's a link in the show description for the podcast app you're listening to us on. Or you can go to our Instagram profile and in our link tree, find a link to our Patreon page there. Be sure to follow us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. Troy? The Hockey Cards Gong Show podcast is a production of Dollar Box Ventures, LLC, and we'll see you on Monday.